Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IDB's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. I'm Marianne. I'm Andrew. I'm Graham. And this week we're talking about My Neighbor Totoro. Although actually we are technically, and there's the first pronunciation of Totoro, um, but we are jumping back in after a double feature with last week's Grave of the Fireflies. So joining us again are Marianne and Graham to talk about the 1988 release uh, from Studio Ghibli. This one's from Miyazaki. And uh, yeah, what did you guys make of it? Well, first of all, what did you guys make of it as a double feature with Grave of the Fireflies? Oh, it's so good to have a direct Mm. injection of unbridled joy (laughs) after Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, if ever there was a palate cleanser that you needed. This movie was so delightful. (laughs) (laughs) It made me think kind of how, um, you know, bad children's movies are, are, are kind of like, I don't know. I guess I'm not a child. I didn't really get it. Is good children's movies like these make you feel like you are a child again? Wow. Oh, it, it was high yeah, price. Like that sense of just kind of giddiness about, and wonder. Yeah. I, I was watching the movie. I'd never seen the movie before, but I was also watching Andrew out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> and it was astounding. If you can imagine, like if you've seen the movie or you've seen Publicity Stills in the movie, Totoro's grin was really plastered across Andrew's face for a significant <laughs> portion of the movie. Um, this is astounding. Absolutely. How could you have? Yeah. But, um, but <laughs> he's the I, best lad yeah my reactions to movies tend to be quite transparent but yeah the, the um, his poker I, face is yeah I, w- I would I would um, I would challenge somebody to watch this movie and not have some kind of a, a emotional reaction he says <laughs> looking at Darren um, but no it really is and you know what's fascinating about this audience. Um, you know what's fascinating about uh, Totoro and about Fireflies, right? Tell me. Is that they didn't initially get the order correct. When they're in Japan, when they were screening these in 1988, they originally tried opening with My Neighbor Totoro and closing with Grave of the Fireflies. And the reason for that was because, as we mentioned on Grave of the Fireflies, Grave of the, Fire- Grave of the Fireflies was seen as the more serious, somber, and it was basically, it was the headline feature, because it was based on a novella, it was educational for children, so that's the idea was, you treated my neighbour Totoro as like a, you know, an extended Pixar intro cartoon, right? (laughs) What they found when they did that, was that more people left about a quarter of the way through Grave of the Fireflies, because they were like, we are not ready for this after watching Totoro. Uh, Whereas they found that when they reversed the order... It worked a lot better. And I think that even when we reversed the order, when we watched them in The Grave of the Fireflies and then My Neighbor Totoro today, even the opening credits <laughs> of My Neighbor Totoro, which are set to like a theme song and the sight of one of the childish characters, May, like traipsing across the screen repeatedly, interacting with like bugs and natural elements and stuff like that, just had a sense of like wonder and joy to them that was such a relief after watching <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, strong sense of, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have high hopes for this kid. I suppose Ghibli, maybe they thought if they push, um, may, may, I, I mean, it sounds like it was, it was, it was, um, it was as, as, as you said, that they figured they'd, they'd, they'd put the best movie last. 
are the one that they thought would 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 was the kind of the the, the attraction, the yes. attraction. Yeah. But I, I I wonder if part of their thinking was uh, what if, what if what if people leave really upset after watching <laughs> Grave of Fireflies and don't want to see any more but um, <laughs> harrowing movies that they assume this next one would also be? Yeah. It's like, oh no, there's another cute little girl. <laughs> oh, oh God. What, is a giant cat going to eat her? This is only going to end one way. Um, but it is. It's such a refreshing film. And it's interesting that, like, we talked about how Grave of the Fireflies sort of, like, it isn't obscure, but it's sort of, it's, it's art house. It's like, it's something of a discovery for, for fans. And it, it took a while to get over to the States. It's 25th anniversary and it's 30th anniversary haven't been as big a deal as Totoro. Like, for example, Totoro uh, would have screened at the Dublin Film Festival this February. Like, as part of their slate, as celebrating its 30th anniversary. As part of their fantastic flicks for Kids Fest. Mm-hmm. They are not doing a double bill of that with Grave of the Fireflies. Missed opportunity in some people's eyes, I think. But even Grave when Grave we're... of the Fireflies is just waiting at an empty table. Well, yeah. When we come in and it's like, hey, uh, what's going on? Have you forgotten again, haven't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's this the is... anniversary. Yeah. And yeah. To- Totoro is out dallying about town, dancing yeah. with sort of, uh, you know, pretty widows from Grave of the Fireflies or whatever it is. But it, it is... It's that went to a strange place. <laughs> I begun a metaphor and didn't realize how I was going to laugh. How far it would go. It turns out I'm not as good as surrealism as my Zaki is. Well, who would have really good? Who would have thought that? Too good. Yeah, yeah. You're like an inaccessible mm-hmm. level of, of good. Yeah. But I mean, because like Totoro is one of the definitive Ghibli films. The point where even if you haven't seen, yeah, if you haven't seen My Neighbor Totoro, right? We talked about on Grave of the Fireflies how this was a double feature that was basically the second and third film that Ghibli released. They were still establishing themselves after Castle in the Sky. They hadn't had a big hit. And these two films, when they were released together, were okay. They got reasonably good notices. Um, they got reasonably good attendance. They they kept the studio going, but they weren't like massive box office successes in the way that later films like, say, Spirited Away were, for example. Mm. But one of the interesting things is like, Ghibli is in many ways the house that Totoro built because the company's first huge financial success was not the release of My Neighbor Totoro in 1988. It was in 1990 when they decided to license Totoro Toys, a stuffed giant teddy bears of the eponymous character who's like instantly recognizable. Even if you haven't seen it, you'll have seen stuffed dolls of him, whether in Japan or even over here, he's quite popular. My sister has a huge collection of them. Yeah. She loves him. She's like 17, and when she first saw Totoro, instantly fell in love with him. She can't get enough of him. Every time we go to a convention, every time we go to a new store, if there's anything in any way anime related, she will just gra- gravitate towards it and find a Totoro of some kind. I mean, he appeared in Toy Story 3, for example. Because yeah, Lass- Toy Story 3. Lasseter is, is a huge fan and stuff. So, I mean, he's iconic. He is basically one of the most iconic Ghibli characters. And you could argue that, like, while Spirited Away was arguably the Ghibli film that really broke in the States, this is, like, the cornerstone of, of what we think about when we think about Ghibli, perhaps. Is that, would that be fair? Yeah, I was just thinking the same He's thing. Mickey Mouse. Except, 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 like, without the political views. That <laughs> and the, and the as, as we talked about on Coco. Sort of <laughs> private life. Um, 
But um, no, I mean, there's, well, there is a there's apparently a saying in Japan or a belief in Japan that every family has a copy of My Neighbor Totoro, and um, the Financial Times described Totoro as iconic and beloved by Japanese children as Winnie the Pooh is by British children, um, and and there is that sort of like apparently he's iconic, which is remarkable for a character who didn't really exist before this film, before he's conjured up, almost. Sure, I think he's just, like, from a character creation perspective. Like, I don't know what combo of animals they hit on. <laughs> it's sort of like a rabbit, bear, beaver, raccoon, raccoon yeah. but it's just a ball, and it's furry. Like, I mean, just genius. Like, and, like, instantly recognisable silhouette. Yeah. You know, he's just so... Uh, yeah, no, I can see and he's, why. Yeah, if you did a silhouette, you'd immediately know mm-hmm. it was him. And he's cuddly, and he's very simple as well, because you, you do have that, like, it's two colours, big beady eyes, big circular stomach. Mm. He's, like, he's very mm. easy to depict. He's very easy to draw. He's very memorable. And he even has an iconic voice actor behind him. Well, in Frank this, Welker. Uh, well, that's only in the 2013 oh, version oh. that Welker voiced him. Um, they actually did, a, again, this is another example of Totoro getting much better treatment than Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. They got a redubbed version, which we listened to here, in which um, the two girls are played by Dakota and Elle Fanning. Um, the two sisters, obviously. Father's played by Tim Daly. Who, Superman. Yeah, who, who Graham may know as, as Superman. Um, but yes. Yeah. we all know, don't you pretend. I, I don't think Andrew knows him as Superman. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think I know her. <laughs> <laughs> or particularly yeah. care about him. Well, sorry, I, sh- I shouldn't overstate that too much. <laughs> like, I, earlier, I was like, oh, uh, Graham, there's, there's a podcast about uh, X-Men. And he's like, oh yeah, do you know what else there is? And it's like, I'm... <laughs> I, I, I told you that because I thought they you were, were cutting words. making polite conversation. I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to, to be fair, you actually said the I words started, "I don't care." I started the conversation, <laughs> and then he continued it. I said, "I don't care." Yeah. Um, I, I, I do feel bad. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And the then I, thing to do, and then his tone hasn't changed, folks, <laughs> but he clearly feels. And bad. then Andrew puts the cigarette and the cigar in his mouth and walks off. Um, before putting it out in, in Graham's drink as he walks by. Uh, um, but yeah, no, apparently the original concept of the movie came from uh, Maizaki drawing a, a picture of Totoro in, in a field. And basically he asked um, Kozuoga, uh, the, the artist, basically, to like imagine a film or to help imagine or conceptualize a, a film based around the image of Totoro standing in a field, which is... And you can kind of see that when you watch the movie because it's yep. not. He's like, hold on, <laughs> let me just <laughs> let me just have a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> the 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 um, it feels like um, Bing Bong was a kind of, kind of <laughs> like a, a sort of like a. Um, a descendant? Yeah, yeah, with the, like, oh, I, I don't know exactly what I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I yeah. think Totoro is a Totoro. Like, oh, he's yeah, yeah. become yeah. whatever... Exactly. Whatever he is. is. Like, he has kind of offspring? Like, there are two tinier versions of There him? are clear hierarchies of Totoros. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, are, they, are they also Totoro? Uh, yeah, they're also Totoro. Is Totoro its own plural? I or feel is... like it's like a title. Okay. You know how in um, ancient Ireland, like the head of the family would be like <laughs> the, Totoro. The, yes, the <laughs> no, it would be like the O'Neill. Yeah. So there are many O'Neills, but there's like the O'Neill. Like, they say, ah, okay, like, so there are plenty of Totoro. Like the there's dad, just the, the Totoro. Himself. He's like, Totoro is a is a wood spirit. Yeah, it is a yeah. word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it is a thing. 
So it's it's interesting to see like oh, it's like oh just Hayao Miyazaki just went you know what? I'm going to have my own design. <laughs> I'm going to come and patent this. Well, no, it is because it's it's a very Miyazaki kind mm. of depiction. Like it looks like, and obviously, like I mean, later movies like you know uh, House Movie Castle or Spirited Away and stuff like that sort of play into that a, a little bit. But I think here is the first time you really get a sense of. Like, Maizaki, the superficial definition of Maizaki is that he's the uh, Japanese Walt Disney. But you get a real sense of what makes him distinct and different. shaking her head. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not shaking my... Like, yeah, I I just agree that it's a very superficial distinction. We know these two people who make animation. (laughs) Therefore, one of them is the Japanese version of the other. (laughs) Yeah. The other is the American version. For people who don't have time, (laughs) it's kind of... Just... uh, Break this down for me. Make it simple. Yeah. It's for people who say, I heard about this X-Men podcast, but I don't care about oh the X-Men. God. Exactly. Yeah. For idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of not the one bringing that up. But uh, anyway, sorry, you were, you were saying? Uh, that was the end of my point. Just that <laughs> it is a superficial... That is not it, No, it is, it is an incredibly superficial definition, but it, it does... Because I, I I think it's it's more Lewis Carroll, to be absolutely honest. There's a... Oh. If, if we're... Like, look at European influences on... Well, sure. I mean, that's always the comparison that's made with Spirited Away, that it is... Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that it's Alice in Wonderland. But I think... To the cats, even. Like, I think the genre of, like, children stumbling into magical, mildly nonsensical world, it was not invented by Carol or, you know, fully claimed by him. Is, is it a little bit A.A. Mill as well? Or? Sure, yeah. 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 Well, kid in a farm, you know. Kid in the forest. Good parent. Uh, very good, loving, mm. indulgent parent, which uh-huh. will probably don't let me get to the spoiler zone. Yeah. But, uh, I did not like that film. But the... What, which one? A.A. Mill. Oh, okay. Oh, the, uh, the Winnie the Pooh one. Yeah, with, the Winnie the Pooh one. I did not like that film. With Donald Gleeson uh, and... Christopher Robin. Robin. Goodbye, Christopher Robin, yes. Yeah, which yeah. is basically... Remember that thing you liked as a kid? Be guilty. Feel guilty about it. Yeah, that was pretty much what it is. But... Interesting enough, like, Totoro apparently began and was conceived as a movie without conflict. Why, why are we laughing? <laughs> no reason. A, just a new, new stress on... Totoro. T- Totoro? It's... Totoro? Totoro? It's actually... It, they, uh, uh, you should pronounce it the way... Uh, uh, the song. Totoro. No, not the way the song. <laughs> the song is an appropriation of, 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 of um, taking away from these oh. creatures. The way Totoro pronounces it. Hold on, did you just say the song is cultural appropriation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you about to uh, roar into the mic? That's the way you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's how Frank Walter pronounces it. <laughs> Don't label him. <laughs> okay, so we can't say his name now unless we're willing to. It's inappropriate to do what I just did. Right? I'm just doing it to demonstrate. <laughs> oh, okay. I feel like Andrew took the wrong lessons from our cultural sensitivity <laughs> training. Um, but yeah, okay, well, the idea with this Blame movie... Is, you could say Toro. Yeah. <laughs> Toro. The, the movie that is based around this adorable, gigantic teddy bear of a fictional character um, is was inspired in part by Mazaki's desire to build a movie without conflict, a movie about childhood wonder without a lot of conflict, without a lot of tension in it, which is why I think it works so well yeah. with yeah. Grave of the Fireflies. With Grave of the Fireflies, like, <laughs> all the tension, all the anxiety, mm. all the fears and all the stress. The and then afterwards, with like watching Totoro or Totoro, you oh, have... Uh, you have... <laughs> Marianne laughing in the corner of the room. But you, <laughs> to be fair, she's not laughing in the corner of the room. She's having a right beside you. Yeah. Tanaro. Tanaro. Toshiba. 
You have no, Totoro. It's Totoro. Totoro. There it is. Totoro. Totoro. No, you're saying it wrong. I'm saying it right. Okay, you have this gigantic woodland beast, um, but you have like this idea of like after watching Grave of the Fireflies, you have this sort of like really stress-free sort of like breathe it in, and it is because you you watch it, not a lot actually happens in terms of plot. There is a plot in terms of stuff that happens, but it's incredibly light. It's more just like absorbing the ambient mood almost mm. of, of like a place and a time and imagined childhood, you know, in some ways. It, I I just found like how. You could clearly tell there was a sense of relief when everyone was watching it because people were outright. You were all. We were all outright laughing. Like yeah. it was just like when things were happening. When you see Totoro show up, you just yeah. you just start laughing. We're you just start being hand. happy. Yeah. yeah. While yeah. during Grave of the Fireflies, not a single word yeah. was said. Just silence. Yeah. Just, just silence. Like, yeah. Brace yourself. The odd, um, like, exhale. Like, <laughs> a deep kind of like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Very different experience. Mm. Um, out of curiosity, if, uh, so let, let's sort of, we'll jump into the spoiler zone in a minute, but let's add an extra wrinkle to the questions we asked before we go in there, right? So, first of all, would you recommend people watch it? Is it on your 250? Do you think it belongs on the 250? How does it rank in terms of Ghibli films? Would you recommend watching it as part of a double feature? How many questions? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only going to ask these once. Uh, and and uh, once you've answered these questions, you find out what kind of personality. You yeah, um, just it's a Facebook quiz, isn't what it? What IMDb uh, 250 movie are you? Yeah, <laughs> we should do that, Andrew. I think that's a great opportunity. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. But uh, okay, well, let, let's yeah. start with the, the, the standard, typical questions then, right? So, All do right. would you recommend people watch this? Does it belong on the 250? Would it be on your 250? So let's start with Marianne. Ah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Thank you, Marianne. You should definitely watch it. It's great. As you can hear, it's brought a lot of joy to, to the table. Um, it's definitely on my 250, and I think it should definitely be on the 250. I mean, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's like what you were saying about... A sort of conflict-free experience. It is like my go-to hungover I Have the Fear movie where I just want to watch something that's <laughs> uncomplicated and soothing. And yeah, it really delivers. So yeah, it's great. Everyone should watch Totoro. You're depriving yourself if you don't. And Andrew, you have... Uh, you. This was your first time watching it? This was my first time watching it. And, and no, I don't have a hangover. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. Would you watch it with a hangover? It seems very intense. Like, it seems very weird for so a movie with a hangover. It depends what kind of hangover. I, 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 I often say in, in the English language, there needs to be more... Well, like, in the like Irish e- dialect, maybe. There needs it's just to like be Eskimo more... words for snow, exactly. as far as cliches go. It feels like there's qualitatively different hangovers. There's a very nice hangover where you just kind of like mouth is open and you're a complete zombie but in no pain. Um, and, and then there's there, there's the kind of hangover where 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 there's like a, a, a unavoidable negative thoughts and and, sure. and, and like I've, I've, I've some sometimes when I have that I've I found that a trick is to um, to obsess in an interesting way on something quite negative but but also not directly related to me. Sure, but I th- that's the fear. Yeah, <laughs> what exactly. You're describing. The fear. Totoro is very good for the fear. Yeah, it's yeah. like a nice getting thing. your mind off, isn't it? Yeah, almost? just like getting your mind off. If it's possible to get your mind off it, this will will do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the way this is immediately degenerated into how we relate to this through alcohol. <laughs> 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 
But I mean, you know, well, we've Darren, been, what do you think we've been that? we've been generalizing about Japanese culture. I feel like it's only fair we generalize about Irish culture. But like, mm. would you re- so would you recommend people watch it? Do you think Absolutely. it belongs on the fifty? I, I, I would. I was so delighted with this movie. I, I mean, the, with, without 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 having watched uh, Ghibli movies like uh, each of them like two or three times, I'm trying uh, uh, and this movie being quite. I guess immediate in my mind at the moment. I I I put it up there. I I I I I I love Spirited Away, but I'm I might I might even put it above that because of the sheer joy. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And the the just like um be, 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 because with the last movie we watched there was a there was there was, there was a, a, a a very different emotional experience, <laughs> but I had to kind of work to get there. With this movie, it was immediate. Mm. And, uh, well, I feel like it was immediate, but it was more natural. Like We talked about Grave of the Fireflies yeah. begins with its clear... It puts its emotional manipulation up front. And like everything that happens is building towards that. Right? Yeah. So it, like, it really front loads its emotional experience. Whereas they, they, Totoro just comes to it naturally, I think. Yeah, but like it's, it's transparently delightful. <laughs> and it's not ashamed of itself. Yeah. I am wondering, though, if... like I feel almost manic having watched that and I'm wondering is it the contrast with Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> it's the valley and the mountains I feel more intense about it than I usually yeah, do yeah me as well absolutely it's the perfect high <laughs> <laughs> the new gripping your children yeah. are, are your children texting about my neighbour Totoro um, <laughs> do you know what your child bed. is yeah, yeah. Um, um, also yeah lol is anyway never mind <laughs> I yeah I um I think I I, I I spoke about it making me feel um like a child again or having that kind of like a childish sense of kind of uh, wonder and um, excitement for something but um I think another effect is and this is probably just me but I I imagine well no not just me it probably just me here but I imagine it must have had by or well I don't want to make any assumptions but I imagine it was, <laughs> I it, want to see what this point yeah, is I, then. No, no, <laughs> I feel like it's been built up to no, it's so bad I, I, I was going to say uh, I was going to say that it made me feel really broody but I didn't want to assume that it has that effect on everybody else when you say broody I I you agree mean, I know oh, exactly no, no, what it no, no. means okay to have children or just yeah. oh, yeah. oh okay, oh, okay. 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 Yeah. You, said that, you said that I found Rudy like, is a very interesting well, adjective it for can that. mean literally yeah. like Aragorn or <laughs> you know hey, like we'll, I we'll, want we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. Yeah. I want to brood come on now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what Andrew means it was such a wonderful family unit it's just it was like how he treats his children is wonderful and like I wish I had a father that was so Graham's dad we love you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, was so like he was so accepting of everything they were saying he's like yeah cool Magic, yeah, Grant, yeah. You well, go for it. It, there, there's something so uncomplicated, and Darren said, uh, like, there, there's, 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 there's a lack of of um, conflict, of, of conflict and tension. Uh, well, there, like, there's some, but every, 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 uh, things are resolved in 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 quite kind of pleasant ways. Yeah. It's uh, and and you would think that that would be a real problem, you know? Yeah. But, it, but it's, it, it, like, you, it, it's, it, I, I'm without words, it, it's fantastic. And Graham, so this makes you feel broody. Yeah, it, like, I know exactly what Andrew meant. Like, it was, it was like, it was a wonderful feeling, just like, oh, it looks like it's fun to have kids. 
That's, that's like, this is fun, but the kid skipped all the hard parts, and then just like found the found the. You didn't realize we watched Grave of the Fireflies directly beforehand. Yes, I, feel like, I do. I feel like maybe that's. But the this hard... was a wonderful palate cleanser afterwards. I feel like Darren has some specific views about about parenting that that we'll find out in in the spoilers. Why are my spoilers? Spoilers are intends to be reserved for like yeah, uh, finding out more about Darren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why am I an international man of mystery? Like, where is this, where is this coming from? Like, just last how did you feel episode? about the penal system? Yeah, find out in the spoiler zone. Yeah. Does Darren have a fancy new hat? Find out find in out. the spoiler zone. Um, uh, but yeah, I, Darren I, I, has I, taken up dance classes. Which style? Find out in the spoiler zone. Zumba. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Graham. No problem. But uh, no, so I adored it. I but I've always adored it. Um, it never loses that that giddiness that I always find when I watch it. And as Marion pointed out, it feels more intensified after watching uh, Grave of the Fireflies, which may have helped with any kind of sense of, uh, of tiredness with, with the film. Because I've seen that film like four or five times as well, because I've seen it um, whenever it comes out here, because it might show, then people might show it again in another cinema. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, it got a big push. It's fed a lot of sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like I, have, I, I've, 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 I've had like just one croissant, so I'm actually. I've had like five. I like you you <laughs> Answer the question. I've had five, but I don't take. Sugar. I've had like I've had like five things of Coke, so I'm like kind of buzzing. Yeah. Listen, five listen, lines of Coke. Listen, <laughs> listen. Listeners have, have, have been separated by a week for this. We should point out again that we recorded these episodes yeah. back to back yeah. as well as a double feature. They're crazy people. Yeah, which which brings us to the final question before we go into the spoiler zone. Would you recommend watching the double feature that we just watched? So Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbor Totoro. And then would you also, would you recommend doing it in that order or would you swap them? Even though it's probably a bit late now. So we'll start with Marianne. Yeah, I would do it just because this is a great high, guys. <laughs> Having a lovely time. Um, yeah, if you haven't, definitely if you haven't seen either or both of them, you do it, do it, but do it in the order we did it. So, yeah, so you can have a nice evening. Yeah. Do it with friends. <laughs> do not do it alone. Yeah. Nobody watches Grave of the Fireflies alone. Um, Andrew, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, 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 it just uh, sets itself up well because I feel it's important to uh, go. Going back to the previous movie, I think it's important to um, kind of suffer misery. <laughs> Every, it, 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 it's, 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 it's an important thing to kind of like feel, and especially in certain kind of like contexts where it kind of reminds you of something that's quite sad. Mm. Yeah. But and and then. And then it's it's the, like the, this is just a perfect tonic yeah. to 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 accompany that. Um, well, not 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 not. not uh, yeah, the, I, I I don't want to be. Clear, um, but you don't want to dismiss. Like, I don't want the to dismiss Grave of the Fireflies, but yeah, it's kind of like a spoonful of sugar for that medicine. Yeah, mm-hmm. you feel like you earned Totoro. Yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I feel like I feel like almost, and you pointed out like some of the like the lack of tension in theory should be a problem from a dramatic point of view. But watching it back to back with Grave of the Fireflies, you're like, I am okay with there being no tension. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I feel like at this moment in time, I'm perfectly happy to take it as, as it goes. Um, You know that uh, Totoro is actually ranked much lower. It's 137 on the oh. list as opposed to 57 for Grave of the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. It also had a bounce around the same time in January 2011. So I need to figure out what happened in January 2007 yeah. that the internet started watching these two films back to back. When there was a documentary 
documentary about Miyazaki out? Sorry, I went very pitchy there. <laughs> <laughs> Pronounce Totoro for us, Mary. Uh, Totoro. Pronounce Totoro. Totoro. By the way, it has its own theme song, which is amazing. Um, Grave of the Fireflies sadly does not have its own no. theme song. Although I feel like Grave of the Fireflies sadly is a bit redundant. Um, everything about Grave of the I mean, Fireflies. Can you imagine if, because the, 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 the song for uh, My Neighbor Totoro basically tells the story of My Neighbor Totoro. Can you imagine if there was a Grave of the Fireflies song? <laughs> Oh, horrifying. No. Am I right? Was there a documentary about him? No, it was actually, it was, it was from no. Up on Poppy Hill was the only film released around that time. Which Maybe is... people just got like, ooh, that's but, a good film. But there, was there like a documentary on like BBC or Channel 4? Not or... that I can find any trace of on here, to be honest. Exactly. I guess let's not go too deep into the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have lost Darren. Yeah. Darren. <laughs> Um, well, there is, to be fair, there is... Come back from the fact machine. Uh... <laughs> well, no, there, there was. There was uh, a whole host of coverage in, say, The Guardian and on CNN and stuff like that around the time as well. So it is possible there was a big PR push. Yeah. I mean, it's possible it was also around the time they formed their sort of business agreement with Disney. Um, oh, Disney becoming, like, the US distribution wing for yeah. various films. Um, mo- notably reluctant to do Grave of the Fireflies, as we pointed out, but very keen to do uh, Totoro as well. Yeah. So yeah, so that is it. We will segue neatly onto the other side of the spore zone where we will talk a little bit more about So Marianne. What is My Neighbor Totoro about <laughs> you get that for you? Um, I think we've already said it, which it is ultimately a movie about childhood wonder and kind of a really brilliant exploration of the way children interact with the world in this very open, accepting way. And yeah, kind of the sense of wonder that brings with it. And I know we've been talking a lot about how there's no, it's a very conflict free movie or there's no conflict in the movie. I quibble with that slightly in that mm-hmm. I think there is a very clear point of conflict in that their mother is in the hospital. Yeah. And they don't labor that point. They don't go into why she's sick or how long she's been sick or really how serious. It I think it's implied to be is. TB, is it? Or? It's, I mean, yeah, there's a sense that she, they're out in the country recuperating yeah. Yeah. from this. Yeah. And there's a sense that. There's been a lot of change in their life. There's maybe been financial issues. Like, there's a the, whole... The film is also set in the 50s as well. So yeah. in some ways, it's a companion piece to Grave of the Fireflies in that it's, you know, the aftermath of the yeah. war and, and rebuilding in some senses as well informs that. It's based on Miyazaki's childhood as well, his own yeah. memories oh, of yeah. living in the... I in mean, the... also, I would say there is... I don't think he had a Totoro, though. I, I would say there is a villain in it. It's, uh, it's that goat. Sure, I yeah. think that goat <laughs> is the villain. <laughs> Just, uh, Do you see him eyeing that corn? But I think it is, it navigates it really well because when you are a child at that age, you're maybe not aware of the gravity of the things of what's going on and watching it like more as an adult, same age as Totoro. (laughs) You do. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Totoro may be immortal. (laughs) Exactly the same age as Totoro. Yeah, exactly the same age as him, also looking very well, you know. (laughs) Um, But no, I think there is, and I think that adds a sort of texture 
to the movie that's great. Yeah. That you and you see this all the adults doing I mean, in contrast to all the very useless adults in Grave of the Fireflies, uh-huh. you see adults doing a wonderful job of protecting these children. What, maybe yeah. from the harder aspects of life. Yeah. You but, know. but that's it. Is it worth sort of talking a little bit about the wonderful <coughs> contrast that you get between Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbor Totoro? Because they're both stories about siblings who move to the countryside. They're yeah. both stories yeah. about siblings where one of them is an adorable little girl who has no comprehension of what's going on. Yeah. They're both stories that are, you know, sort of in, in some way about like taking care of your younger sibling when there's nobody else around. Um, also- however... There's lots of kind of leap motifs as well. There's the there's the kind of um, uh, what do you call it? The camphor tree. There's yes, the, we'll talk um, about the camphor trees. Umbrellas, the bullfrogs. Yeah, mm. the, the kind of younger, adorable sibling. Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of stuff where you can see putting the two of them back to back. I know it was just a, a like a coincidental decision that Maizaki was working on this mm. and uh, Takahati was working on the other one and so they just said let's release them together but they almost do play as companion pieces it except weird. and it's both their childhoods it's yeah a, and they both draw on their own childhoods it's weird but it's also amazing how completely different in outlook yeah. they are and like Marianne touching it there with like the adults in Grave of the Fireflies are completely useless absolutely indifferent and completely uncaring about the children around them. Like, the best they are is, like, the best they do is they tell people not to beat the children. Whereas in this film, and I think you're right when you talk about the handling of children, like, one of the most touching scenes in the film is the scene where May, just after encountering Totoro for the first time, goes into the woods, sees him, and then runs off to tell her her father and her older sister, takes them, and can't produce Totoro for them to see. And they sort of, they laugh, you know, a little bit. And she gets really, really hurt. But then her father comes over and says, it's okay, we believe you. Yeah. And it's just this really incredible sort of sensitivity to, like, a child's belief in wonder in the world. Yeah. It's something to be preserved and protected. And I, 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 Marianne is totally correct about there, there, that there is some tension in, in, in this movie. But there, 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 it, it, it seems like they're, they've taken away the normal kinds of of tension that we'd be uh, that we kind of expect in a movie like this. For example, there, there there generally seems to be a kind of a universal acceptance of the magical premise yeah. of this movie among all of, all of the grown ups. Yeah, there is there is. Um, well, great there, point out the father is absolutely amazing. He's like this would be a great place to hide. The, yeah, yeah. The, and, and, and there, the not not only the the contrast in the adults but the contrast in in the children in in. In that they're 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 so kind of well well behaved. They they're they're all like respectful to to yeah. to to their elders. Granny all, all. says like what nice children, how well mannered, which is like, a very they, clear they want contrast. To clean, they want to clear yeah, up. Like, like they like, love the house that they're yeah. in now. And and a lot of that is down to the parents because it it, it, it because you you can't really put kind of culpability on the child. They, no, they, they, there's the 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 whole approach is like kind of okay. Let's do the chores as if it's kind of. You know, because uh, children sometimes like having these kinds of... Structures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and these kind of undertakings. Like, oh, I can do a little job. Yeah. I, I can, can run Can you find errand. the stairs? Like, can, ex- like, the stairs are hidden. Can you find exactly. the stairs? That's May, yeah. May, whenever she... Like, when uh, Satsuki is running around, uh, checking everywhere, May does exactly the same thing. Like, literally a second or two later. And it, it is, is the most adorable thing in the adorable. world. adorable. It is, like, I, one of the most realistic depictions, I think, of the older sibling, and, younger sibling and dynamic. I think, all, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that great casting on um, Ghibli's dubbing department 
to get El- uh, you know Dakota Fanning and Ellie Fanning already siblings. Like yeah. it, like clearly they had they they. I'd like to think maybe they were in the same room because sometimes with dubbing you don't get it in the same room. Sometimes sometimes you do. But it was just it was there was a clear and apparent like charm and connection between well, them. I, I imagine that was part of the appeal of getting both of them was yeah. the fact. That, oh yeah, yeah. I'd say you, you'd great... want to have them in the same room. Yeah, yeah. And Tim Daly was a great dad. Well, Tim Daly's just great in general. Yeah, he is. I think it's a thing of like in a lot of Western movies that would have the same premise. A lot of the conflict is derived from like adults versus children. Mm. Yeah, and you know, skeptical adults don't believe in magic children either trying to hide the magic thing or trying to convince the adults that yeah. there's something supernatural yeah. Yeah. going on. But, and this isn't unique to Totoro. This is like, how did she say it there? Totoro? <laughs> this isn't unique to Totoro in Ghibli movies where there's just a sort of base level acceptance of, you know, magic. magic in the world. Yeah, magic. And even if it's like, you know, you could read it as, oh, their father is humoring them or, oh, he genuinely does have a belief in these things. And it doesn't actually matter which it is because yeah. it's just, and even like, I mean, there is a kind of the lovely scene where he's like, let's go up to the shrine and say hello to, to the, the forest spirit. spirits yeah. properly. Yeah. And that's a sort of more, I guess, form. He's like, we're sort of going to do this in a more formal way. And as an adult, that's how I yeah. interact with the spiritual world. He doesn't quite have the same openness to it. But it bypasses so much conflict. Yeah. That, exactly. Because yeah. it's kind of like a trope in movies. Um, I can't think of any like immediate examples. But well, where if, it, for where, example, where, is a great example of where, kids trying to convince parents that something horrible is happening but, but and more, parents more, being oblivious. Borrowers more, is... More, more uh, specifically, where, 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 where kids uh, rediscover the kind of supernatural forces that their grandparents were, uh, were well aware of, mm. but that their uh, parents' generation have kind of uh, forsaken. Yeah. It's really funny that you mentioned borrowers because Ghibli have done Arietti. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, they yeah, did not It's really funny. But yeah, there there is there is a lot of that, and like I mean, in this there's just a kind of like a really a kind of beautiful line. acceptance yeah. of. Yeah. Well, I mean, like there are several things about that which are, are really awesome. The one of the things that I really like is that we've talked a lot. We've done a couple of Pixar episodes on this podcast, and we yeah. talked about how what Pixar do is they take children's films and they explore adult fears in them. So like Pixar films are typically about the fear almost of losing your children, whether that's because they grow up or because they move out or because you've got a divorce or because you're having a midlife crisis. Like Pixar films take animation and build adult fears into them. What I really liked about Totoro is it basically reversed that. It basically took childhood fears, which, and, and Marianne pointed this out when she said, you know, the tension that exists is very much the child's tension. It's the idea of, you know, the belief that mother's in hospital, she's not coming home for the weekend, and it's the end of the world. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this is like an apocalyptic thing for May. This is like, everything May has believed is just lost. And like, you're an adult, you know that things like this happen. It's just a cold, it's just a complication. Mm. But May, this shakes her world to its core. And the I- film understands and respects that which mm. I really really appreciate about it and in in, in, in Totoro <laughs> yeah. well, Con- continuing uh, the trend we, uh, what happened uh, to your correct pronunciation then? Had it <laughs> um, uh, we, 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 we have uh, as well the, the the children articulating oh she's probably going to die they're just not telling us because we're children but then they they 
they discover, oh, actually everything is okay. Yeah, they literally have a line where they're sitting in the tree having been shown, having been taken there by the cat bus, which don't worry, we will talk about later. Yeah, um, it's the 12-legged ev- cat bus. <laughs> everything must be okay. I like the 12-legged cat bus. The 12 legs are the things that really stand out to <laughs> about it. No, but yeah, everything must be okay, which is like an acceptance of it at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. And like it's almost as if it was never really a thing except to them, but the movie... Much like the father respects May's belief in, in Totoro or Totoro or Totoro. Um, she, that was an awful one. I apologize. That was very insensitive of me. But. Um, insensitive how? To, 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 to Totoro. Totoro. Himself. Uh, to Totoro himself. To Totoro. Okay. The king, yes. the king yeah, of the yeah. forest. Um, but yeah. Nice. It, it uh, you know, the, the adults understand that, but the film respects the children's fear, which I think is a really great way of telling this story. Mm. Yeah, and I think you get that with Sasuke as well. Like, her whole demeanor is that she's trying to be the adult, she's trying to be serious, she's trying to be mature for May's benefit as much as for her own. But this, you can see the whole sequence with the telegram, you know, and this sort of childish thing of telegram means it's serious, having to make this phone call is serious. And her dad doesn't quite appreciate how shaken up she is by yeah. it. Where Let's he's not like, worry. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, it's fine, I'll call you back. Whereas this is obviously an undertaking for her. Yeah. And like, you see the think, stress of it gets to her. I, I felt like there was a moment in it where, where he says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hang up. Yeah, now. so he's, yeah. he's really like, sure, uh, I need to hang up I, now. I, I need to, he's almost like, is that, is that okay? I, um, I, I just need to kind of, yeah. yeah, so I need to call your mom now. Well, I need you to. No, he, he, is, he is a great father, but I still think that there's a also, scale. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a scale that he doesn't appreciate. So while he's aware of the fact that it, you know, is a big deal, mm-hmm. he doesn't understand that it's apocalyptic, which the film yeah. suggests that it is. Yeah. Like, while also being entirely candid with the audience and letting us know that it's not really, but to them it is, which is a yeah. remarkable, like, line to balance. It's it's like a wonderful sort of, like, line to walk, sorry, about uh, just sort of between the two extremes. I think the film does it very, very well. Yeah. And you get the mother saying, oh, I wish they hadn't sent that telegram. Yeah. It completely catastrophized it. It made yeah. it seem... It, I hope it didn't scare the children, which which is such a... <laughs> he seemed to understand. He's like, yeah, I think they'll be fine. They're they're good kids. But uh, he he said he even says it. I think she puts up a front. Uh, that's he seems to be putting up a front. And she's had to obviously grow up a lot faster than she should have to, because she has to protect May from the world. Because May has no idea really what's going on until maybe the latter third of the film. Because we have that wonderful scene where she goes to school. Mm. Which I think is one of the most beautiful scenes, just her sitting down well, that, that's, in the school. But that's her. a great example of how the adults in Totoro are so much more understanding mm. than Grave of the Fireflies. Because yeah. it's like, uh, my little three-year-old sister wants to come to school with me. Let me ask my teacher if that's okay. Cut to teacher explaining to the class that this is perfectly okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and all the classmates being like, what are you drawing? That's awesome. In... in, 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 in uh... It, like perhaps in another movie we'd feel sad for Granny because May is always running away from her. <laughs> um, it's Poor like granny. come come back, May, come back, and it's like she's been crying all day with me. Um, uh, but uh, but in this movie, like all 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 these characters are are so welcoming and, yeah, uh, and yeah. so friendly and so like sincere in that. Even as well. even Kanta, who comes off as a a little bit of a jerk at the beginning of the film. Well, he's not a jerk. Be... He's just insecure with women. He's, yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's he's a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> he has that thing, like where where like I um, was like 
I, I probably mentioned in the podcast before, but got like seriously into it, 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 like had these huge crushes on girls from about like age seven onwards. Wow. And, um, and, but I could not talk to them. It was impossible. I, I would just become like a stuttering wreck. Would you hold up the yeah. thing you were handing at arm's length and just yeah, sort of like... exactly. Would you shove an umbrella and just go... <laughs> like the, 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 the only way I'd be able to communicate is in uh, like... Uh, year, <laughs> and yearly uh, yearly Valentine's cards. Aww. What, 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 There's one what, coming up next year. year. <laughs> to to <laughs> one or to several? Because this is... <laughs> to one. Okay, yeah, just yeah. sort of clear. It'll only ever be one at a time. Okay. <laughs> Andrew playing the odds. <laughs> um, yeah, it was foolish of me. I wish my parents had sat me down and it's like, play the field, boy. Well rounded, adjusted just a child. Uh, another thing I would do is, is, is write like an entire like comic book. Probably not a very big comic book, but like give it to them and say, oh no, no, you can keep it. It was the only one I had. <laughs> Let's dissect this. What kind of comic is this? I feel like we're peeling back the layers. This isn't a spoiler zone for talking about Darren's emotional Yeah, I feel like we're digging deep into this. Weird comic books is the answer. There was Captain Pancake, but on on there he had like a cave or something. I forget how his powers. And you'll never know because some random girl has it. I'm glad to get into it. She's listening to the podcast now. Yeah, she's going. This is a classic. I'm gonna. I'm gonna whip that out tonight in the glass case and just yeah. have a proper read through. There, there were there was there was a married couple in uh, who had their own um, like comic strip, who were a little bit like you know rolled out as the twits. Yeah. yeah. So they had this like huge beard and they're both pretty kind of like haggard looking. And then it 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 had on the back. It's like look forward to the next few years like episodes. <laughs> so so it had like the I like 90, you committed ninety five, yeah. ninety six, ninety seven. The covers of those. Aww. Like so it and it was like why um why why does um why does why does the man with the beard um have have breasts. And it's like, oh no, he's just wearing a bra. But that's not for a few. <laughs> I I've got at least three <laughs> years before so I have to figure out what the story well, is behind this. Exactly. Issue. I feel yeah. like we're sitting almost with our own Miyazaki here when it comes to. I have this rich image, yeah. and we're going to make this real. You she know, became that, a squirrel. <laughs> well, you know that um, Miyazaki apparently. Sorry, would... that went down the path. <laughs> yeah. I was. I was coming yeah. there with you. Yeah. I was like, well, what's going to happen? <laughs> Maizaki uh, would draw the rotund bear-cat hybrid as a boy and in the 1970s began drawing the adventures of a young princess who lives in the wood with a similar, slightly less cuddly beast. The princess was eventually divided into, into two characters. One version of the princess became more feral and evolved into uh, Mononoke Haim, who obviously oh. is from the adventures of Princess uh, Mononoke. I'm mm-hmm. mispronouncing that. I apologise. Princess Mononoke. And the other became a six-year-old girl who met a softer version of Totoro. And the characters, again, were divided into Mei and Satsuki um, as well. So it's interesting to see, like, as a, like, as a creative sort of genius goes, like, all of that coming to his own childhood. Yeah, and basically, like, tracing it back as well. So, like, when Andrew reaches, like, 40 and has directed adaptations of his bra-wearing twits, like, you'll be able to listen to this podcast. I don't have the source material, really. I do. It's in your brain. It's in your heart, Andrew. Yeah, that's, um, well, Sean Connery and 
in, in the rock. I always imagined that that movie had the line, there's no map, the map's in my mind. But it doesn't. I watched that movie again. <laughs> it doesn't say those words. Yeah, this is the Mandela effect. There's no comic, the comic's in my mind. Um, but, um... <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Let's, Sean Connery is not here. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the way in which this movie deals with nature and people's relationship with nature, because that's a big recurring theme of both Ghibli's work in general, as we talked about Pompoko, the raccoon bouncing testicles movie, uh, but also There's even better ones to go with. But <laughs> even even in in context of Miyazaki's work as well, because Miyazaki has talked about how one of his big fears. Uh, one of his big issues is despite the fact that he makes all these wonderful animated films that are absolutely beloved by children all over the world, he's famously said that small children should never watch Totoro more than once a year. And he's concerned very much about children who are spending too much time indoors. He thinks they should be spending a lot of time outside. Like a lot of stuff from the film is taken directly from his own experience. The scene where May discovers tadpoles um, and the frog imagery. He keeps a pool in his own back garden where he raises tadpoles into frogs. He writes numbers on their back to help keep track of them. Huh. Um, but he has a very strong belief. And we sort of, we talked about it when we talked about your name a bit as well, which is this connection that exists between yeah. nature and, and the man. spiritual world and, That's it, exactly. and one's yeah. ancestors. You can see it in and... Princess Mononoke has the same styling. He, he does it across a lot of his films. Like, there's so much about nature and humankind. In this, it's it's less confrontational than it usually is. Because in Prince of Monoke, it is quite confrontational. Probably, uh, probably one of his most uh, div- uh, confrontational ones with nature and man. Yeah. And I mean, even the father uh, points out in one conversation with the kids, he says, this is clearly a tree from the time when tree and men... You know, we're, we're we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was a it was a fascinating. Um... Back in the time when trees and people used to be friends. Yeah. I, I and love, it's like I when I, when I when I saw this tree, I knew this would be a good place to live as well. Yeah. And I mean, there's an interesting connection to be drawn between this and Grave of the Fireflies, which I'm I'm sure is just like a coincidence. I don't think it was an intentional choice on the part of the creative teams. But the tree uh, in this as well, yeah. there's a there's mm-hmm. a strong connection between the tree. Uh, where the children, uh, or sorry, the tree that the children play in, and and where they find Totoro. Uh, but apparently, the family are buried beneath a camphor tree and fireflies as well. So I mean, some people oh, they, have. They, I think. Do they, they say so? They, I believe they say so. They yeah. say the mom is. I, I think there is a lie told as well about that the mom is is buried under. A, yeah. Uh, whereas in fact she's not. No. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, apparently, um, apparently though. The, the argument is that maybe Totoro is the re-embodied camphor tree spirit of the family from Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, there are so many. There's Totoro so many theories. Conspiracy theories. Yeah, we will talk about one of them later in the podcast in particular. But with regards to the, the connection that exists That's between... That's a sign that we won't. <laughs> Generally when we talk <laughs> about something that, that we'll no. later. We never get around to talking about it. But like there is... Uh, Miyazaki, when he's talking about... like when. He wants to connect back to tradition. When I talk about traditions, I'm not talking about temples, which we got from China anyway. There's an indigenous Japan. And elements of that are what I'm trying to capture in my work. And that's sort of what he talks about when he talks about, like, carefully drawn landscapes, uh, local spirits, and and the idea that nature is an active element, an active part of people's lives. Like, at the climax of of My Neighbor Totoro, the... um, the, you know, uh, Satsuka, uh, Satsuka calls upon uh, Totoro to rescue Mei. He, she calls upon 
nature. I'm just, I'm just trying. Imagine this as a Herzog movie, <laughs> where they move into like the countryside, or or even Lars von Trier for that matter. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and nature is this force starts kind of like um, creeping in them, and, and yeah, oh that my. scene where the giant yeah, tree overshadows the house. Yeah. Imagine this as a Guillermo del Toro film, mm. but. Now, well, actually, that is one. That would be, be somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like there is this sense of like nature wanting, and I mean, like the argument is that where the film is is set, um, in particular, which is the uh, Tokorosa city in Satnama Prefecture, which had been lush. I know, perfect, well flawless. <laughs> um, but which was uh, had once been lush farmland, but by the late nineteen eighties, which is is when the film was obviously produced, mm. had been sort of swallowed by the sprawl of Tokyo. Oh. So there's a real sense of like nostalgia and it's like you you even get it here in Ireland where people talk about like I know people who talk about like Tala being fields and farmland and stuff like that and like the encroaching sort of all-consuming sort of city and it's kind of interesting again another parallel with like Grave of the Fireflies. Tala was once even nicer than it is now? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Jesus Andrew. Uh, Go on. As I was saying there's a sense like um, both both Grave of the Fireflies and Totoro have this, um, to use another strange emphasis on, on the word, have this strange or this recurring notion with this idea of the connection or the lost connection that modern Japan has. Like So in uh, Fireflies, it's the connection to the Fireflies themselves and the ghosts of the children and like the loss and the pain that was suffered during the Second World War where you have like them looking over a modern city from like a remove. Mm-hmm. And here... It's the green farmland inhabited by by spirits like the eponymous creature that, you know, sort of that are now gone, that have now been consumed by these vast sort of expansive cities. And it's kind of interesting to see the contrast between the two, because I think Totoro is a much more optimistic film in some ways. Yes. I think like you see it like all throughout the film is that like spirituality is quite literally embedded into the countryside like there are shrines everywhere they stop at a shrine in the rain like when they find Mei she's sitting at another shrine like it's a kind of mixture of Shinto and Buddhist there's that fox shrine that she finds it could also be kids by the by the the bus bus stop. stop that like you know it's just everywhere and it's yeah like I said it's embedded and it's also a mixture of different traditions and different like there is like it's very clear that um, Miyazaki is like completely agnostic in terms of what religion he believes yeah I mean it's not really anything in particular it's just it's kind of a playful yeah it's just it's all just part of the landscape literally Song of the Sea which we watched last year as well had a similar sort of vibe to it as well this idea of the interaction between the human world and like these spirits that like seem to exist all around us yeah and and it's sort of you have that with with Totoro who is like he's He's king of the forest, but he's an incredibly benign king. Yeah. He like he he takes and he invests a lot of care and energy in like these two girls. So like when they give him an umbrella, he rewards them with a gift of magic acorns. You know, when one of them gets lost, he calls in the cat bus to help rescue them. He he you know he performs he performs a magic ritual like which is very clearly praying over the little acorn patch mm. that they've sort of set up as well. Which, while it leads to this fantastic dream sequence where the, the tree grows to overshadow the house, it does lead to the... I know, I feel like that's real. Well, then what happens to the tree in the morning, Graham? It grows back down. 
and and then sprouts just yeah. tiny stuff. I feel like it doesn't matter. A spinning, yeah. to- a spinning topic and how is both a giant cat man monster thing. I, I, I feel like trying to make literal sense That's of this. That's my life. I feel like trying to make literal sense of this is, a, is like a fool's errand. <laughs> so I'm happy to accept. And call me a fool. Okay. <laughs> Granny makes the point as well that um, that um, they'll, 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 they'll be fine so long as they're cool with you. The dust spirits will be fine with you as long as you're cool. If you're not cool... You don't want to see what happened to the last time. That's kind of implied. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was around being a dick. (laughs) I was was, was kind of wondering about that. What the implied threat was there? Because if that was like if that was Grave of the Fireflies, that would be a very different line. You see me getting eaten by the dust. Yeah, because it, it is. It's like the nature will judge you and find you worthy. And if it finds you worthy, it will welcome you. What if it doesn't find you worthy? If it finds you worthy, Don't. it will welcome you. <laughs> yeah, like, Everything like, is fine. Yeah. The last time they had... What's interesting is the last kind of uh, time they have any kind of issue with the house is literally the night when they were good. And the dust mites literally fly away going, well, we'll see you later. You're good. It's <laughs> yeah. like, like five, you, maybe ten minutes into the film. It's like, oh, first thing done. This, you you first get trial, a pass. Yeah, first you, trial conquered. Yeah, you get a pass. That's yeah. it. Um, but no, it, it really, it really, really is. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's um, like it's got this sort of rich, atmospheric sort of love of, mm. of nature and sort of spirituality and like wanting to connect with that and like the respect that's shown towards it and like even the professor. Like the professor's a man of learning. He's a he teaches He's at a an university, which yeah. is very it yeah. feels like, like it fits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it fits him perfectly. Like yeah. And he, he's perfect. He's educated as well. He's not like primitive and superstitious. He's not a native. He's moving to this part of the country that he's never been to before and he accepts it all. And he's perfectly respectful of it, which is, like, it's really heartwarming. I think it sort of speaks to the film's, you know, we talked about lack of conflict, but, like, the film's belief that people are basically decent and the world is basically decent, which is a nice tonic after really after the film that came before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if we've talked about it, but what did everyone think of, like, the, um, the animation? I have to say, after watching the two of them back-to-back and knowing that they're, they're made in the same year... Uh, well, around the same time, it's the the amount of care that is put more towards uh, Totoro is kind of startling to me. And I know it's because they had they did a redo back in two thousand thirteen. I kind of make I kind of, it kind of makes me wish that they'd done a redo for well, the, the, re- the remastering. Like There's something more kind of vibrant and colorful it's so about vibrant. this, where it's a, like parts of Grave of the Fire Firefly are actually like static. Mm. Kind of like shots of them staring at stuff, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, whereas, and I mean, it is like colors are much more kind of muted because this is a like a a a wastelander of a war. Yeah, like smoke is kind of coming. It's reds and blacks and browns and dirt and stuff like that. Whereas. There is some beauty in it. Like, the animation in Grave of the Fireflies is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Like, the fire animation is fantastic. The, the scenes of, like, the children playing and running around. Yeah. The Huckleberry Finn sequences. Like, even just the animation of people interacting is also very... Like, it, Grave of the Fireflies is not a badly animated film. No. And I wonder, like, if part of, like... First of all, I think, yeah, more care has been taken with Totoro because it's more marketable. But I also think that a lot of it is that it's a lot more of what we conventionally expect from animation. Like, it's a lot more... 
And I pointed out at the start, like, this is very much an Alice in Wonderland film in many respects, to the point where you can draw direct parallels. There's, like, May crawling through the tunnel of trees is, like, chasing the rabbit down the rabbit hole, for example. She, she is chasing something. She literally falls down the sort of tree in the, you know, in, into the hole, into the strange world. The cat bus, with its big grin and its its wide yeah. open eyes, looks almost like the Cheshire cat. It disappears like When it disappears up the top of the tree as well. Like, there's, there is very much a sense that, like, Totoro looks like we expect an animated film to look mm. and it's bright and it's vibrant and it's colourful in a way that it would not be appropriate for like Grave of the Fireflies to be bright and colourful and playful like even the scenes when they're in school and they're wearing bright colours and stuff like that even like the mundane everyday scenes that sort of pop like the, those pop because they are bright colours because mm. they're greens they're yellows they're blues and they're reds like the sky looks it's, absolutely yeah. beautiful these kids are living in literally their own magical time yeah it is and I feel like maybe that's part of the reason why it looks better, because it's more showy, almost. Well, it's also, and I think one of the feats of Totoro is that it's a film that's almost constantly in motion. Yeah. Like, even when you just pan, like, I mean, obviously, the wind, like, you then you're like, ah, yes, the wind is the cat bus. That's why it, there's emphasis on it earlier on, that yeah. it's the cat bus flying by and they just can't see it. But in the landscape itself is constantly in motion, which then means when you do have those kind of still shots they're very jarring like i mean i think one of the first times you have a real sense of stillness is just may uh standing staring at that crack uh where she's seen the soot sprites go and there's and that gives you a real sense of of tension yeah you know because the and the two girls as well just have so much energy and running you've been running around the house yeah Yeah. and you've got like these wonderful like panning animation Mm. shots where the camera you know the virtual camera is panning across the scenes as they're running through the house which is yeah it is May is amazing in this movie she's she's amazing kind of like um, because her her, you you know the the kind of cross determination like when she's kind of looking at the the little crack and, and, and her 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 kind of refusal to be kind of like afraid of yeah. of, of any like, it's it, 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 even it the introductory like, sequence the opening credits where she's marching across in yeah. boots yeah. which is like she hasn't said a word we don't even know the character's name but we already have a sense of who she is Miyazaki but, gets it across in the first few minutes of the film what kind of person May and Sasaki are yeah. especially May I think yeah. she's the little sister that adores you can tell immediately she adores her sister I do like also the fact that the way she's animated almost evokes uh, Totoro because you have like it's the big anime eyes but the huge mouth like, yeah. and when she's screaming the way that the, the panel the, the, sorry, the, the animation is done it evokes sort of Totoro's Totoro where you have like the the, like the back of her throat. Teeth. You see all the teeth in the back of her throat and stuff. It's very, yeah. it is literally animated. It's, I love the, yeah. the bus stop scene when he like sees oh, that when the, when the rain goes on the umbrella and he's like, oh. And he's just like, <gasps> bang. And just yes. all the water hits Such the joy. So, and the, the, uh, there was a scene just before that and it's kind of repeated again um, with, 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 I think, May in, in, included, with, with Totoro and, and the Totoros. The, the, <laughs> Totoro the and the Totoros. I like that this the, makes it sound like some sort of band. Motown. Uh, <laughs> yeah. group. Um, Totoro, the, Totoro, Totoro. Totoshans. And they're on, on, on top of the tree kind of playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, playing they're playing. And these little um, uh, acorn uh, Ocarinas. Yeah, that's what they are. 
Yeah. If you're a Zelda fan, you know what those are. But, but there is, there is so much joy in the movie. And even the scene, like the bus stop scene, where like Totoro's introduced, where you see his feet, first of all, and then you see like his hand, his little claw, scratching himself. Like Totoro's an amazing character because like, obviously he doesn't speak. He's voiced by Frank Welker providing sounds. But he has... Strangely enough, like a personality that shines across. Oh, yeah. He's got this he's sort of like he's kind of mimicking the way like uh, people kind of wear yeah. their bus stops, yeah. like in this really kind of funny. But it's just the way he walks up. He's like, stop. But like, there there is something that's striking about Totoro, which is that almost that he's as intrigued by May in some respects as May is by him. Like, as yeah. much as the children are interested he's in... by her kind of... Uh, 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 when when she's kind of giving her blood-curdling scream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You see it in his eyes. But even yeah. the bit, like, when they're surprised to wander into his world and encounter, like, the cat bus and such, like, you can tell, like, when he's standing at the bus stop, like the and you pointed out the moment with the rain where it's like the sound of rain hitting on the umbrella, which he's he's, which he's yeah. never held yeah. because obviously an umbrella is something made by people. But he's amazed and intrigued by this to the point where he takes the umbrella with him. It's, it's so like the mini Totoro then copies him. Oh, yeah. He has a leaf for that, an umbrella. That was that was adorable. Yeah, the bit where he has the umbrella yeah, doing the right, and then you have the little Totoro behind him or the the medium Totoro no. behind him. Uh, but there there is like such just such magic and wonder. This even the scene where May first encounters like baby invisible Totoro where like we were all laughing of the Totorettes <laughs> but there is such joy where the creature is like wandering along oblivious and then it's like wait this adorable kid is following me better turn invisible <laughs> until she leans down close to the ground but it's just again she yeah. can totally see me <laughs> <laughs> this is really awkward. But what I loved about this film, and, and, and then what, sorry, sorry, but in, in this, uh, at the at, at the end of that, where she's looking in the hole, and you see the yeah, but the, the, the background, you know, like walking walking away, and they're like, eh, doesn't seem to see us. Um, keep it, keep it clear, keep it yeah, clear. It's but brilliant. It's so so hilarious. I just, sorry, I just love the fact that uh, of what it did to you two, because like Marion and I have seen this, but. You two just like you just started laughing just like randomly when he would show up. Yeah, it was so funny it's, when the Kappa showed up. It was hilarious. He is such a joyful character. Like uh, the music, uh, and we should point out by this, the music by uh, Joe Hisashi, uh, who would have worked with. Um, I like that Marianne nods when I get this right. I feel like, <laughs> no, no, I was nodding because I like Joe. His- I'm gonna say it wrong. Hisashi. Hisashi? Yeah, <laughs> like, but my guess, I like him. But the, 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 I like that guy. He's got kutsma. I got the, the, this kind of eighty score as well. It's got a wonderful. It's got a wonderful score. It's very emotive. Well, I mean, we'll talk about the, the soundtrack in particular, like the the song and stuff, because it does have like it does well, have a very synth heavy sound in places. Yeah. yeah, there was one. Yeah, I think where they repeated it. it yeah. a, a, a few times. Yeah, yeah. well, there's the, there's the Cliff Richard. We're all going oh, on a God. summer holiday music, which is what like. Did you say that? I couldn't unhear it. Because it, it really is Clifford you were going on a summer holiday. But, like, there are a number of really beautiful sequences that are made as much by the music as by the animation. So, for example, that sequence where May is chasing, like, the little white spirit ghost. And the music moves in tandem with the objects in the scene. So it's time. So when the butterfly lands, you get the little sort of piano, sorry, you know, keystrokes or whatever. And then you have, like, when the little Totoros are sneaking out past her, you get the sort of the similar music as well. Like, music is such a vibrant part yeah. of this. It's astounding and like yeah well, okay we'll talk about this I would argue the most dated part of this 30 year old movie the only part of this movie that really feels like a 1988 film is the theme music which, where the synthesizer <laughs> goes full on and you get that wonderful sort of like heavy 
This is the movie in lyrical form, but with a really catchy... This movie. <laughs> well, I no. do. You, there's nothing wrong. Easy, Andy. Easy, Andy. There's nothing. Oh. Wrong. There's nothing wrong with a movie sounding like it's of its time. I will say, like, I love the score. Oh, when, okay. You know, when, I, when when you said it dated it, I thought you meant like in a, it does, in, a, it, in, a in a in a kind of a um, oh, like we can't appreciate it. No, no, no. Oh, right. right. I, 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 I mean, just so we're clear. But I mean, it's the only part in the movie that feels like it came from 1988. Like sure, the rest of the movie is yeah, aged yes. really, really well. Yeah. And I mean, like it looks. You could tell me this was animated in 2010, and I would believe you for all of it. Except for the music where you get the, the Totoro. Because I imagine it would have a bit more like guitar. I don't know if that's completely true. Because if we remember in your name, there is literally three times we hear their song. And that's from 2017. But does that sound like an 80s song? Yeah, that's J-pop. Yeah. Whereas this, this, this is like you can imagine you're waiting for the shot of like Totoro having given up the Okraina at the top of the tree. <laughs> sitting there with a synth wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Um, like Actually, I would love he, to that. Totoro wears his sunglasses at night sort of stuff. But it, and it's great because it, it fits perfectly yeah. with the spirit of the film, I think. Yeah, in some ways. I, but it's just yeah, fun. Right. I think this is an especially great part of the score. And you, I think you'll remember it when when they're flying. Yes. And the yes. score just really comes up there. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a part of the uh, score that goes that weaves in throughout the film. But when they're flying, it is, it is at its highest point during that. When they're just flying around on that um I want to just call it a spinning top. It is. It's a, just a spinning top. No, no. It's apparently a, a different thing, but I, don't, <laughs> I can't remember what, what it is. Yeah, because he spins it like he. he it's, no, it's, it's a it dreidel. It's um, not a dreidel. Totoro's heritage. I'm just gonna be like, I feel like it's some sort of spiritual thing, and this is just something I've read like a hundred years <laughs> ago. Yeah, just go, and so someone just gets onto us. It's a Beyblade. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, um, there is the that stuff is a, a recurring uh, Mikazi, uh, sorry, Mizaki kind of theme, which is this idea of flying being like liberating, and we talked mm. about like the wind rises being like the ultimate expression it's of that. An exception yeah. symbol. <laughs> that's how you know you're dreaming because yeah. it doesn't fall over <laughs> in the real world Totoro falls down in his face like oh I'm awake <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know we could, we, we could peel back these layers and there's something there but uh, I like no, that I, I like that maybe maybe that's what it was for Christopher Nolan he's like uh, he spins the, it and you just see Totoro just land on it yeah. but um, <laughs> that was how the movie ends <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio like after he yeah. the black Totoro oh, no. like oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we haven't talked about what is this theory you want to get on about do we want to talk about I think Marianne I knows this theory. theory oh do you know what this theory is I don't know what this is theory this, is this theory is that May dies is this the theory this is the theory is that I have heard that I have heard that and this is people Totoro is the god of death. Yeah, this is just people. Yeah, he's like a Shinigami, and like yeah. this people. Who, he's no Shinigami. I'm not Shinigami. I know this is like obviously people just want this to be darker or somehow um, more upsetting. Okay, well, I, I think there is an element of that where people think that things are mature if they're dark. I think yeah. I'd like to know what people to, ask Miyazaki that. To no, no, no well, hold on. Well, there's there, there is a lot. Of, all the sex and call me by your name wasn't mature enough. <laughs> <laughs> it had to also be um, be AIDS. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Well, okay. A lot of people upset by that. Yeah, it's there, weird. There were a lot of people apparently upset by my interpretation of Call Me By Your Name as a movie that is very much about the spectre of AIDS in because some sense. It's, yeah, because it's coming right before the... Yeah, yeah, but that's a separate thing. I did like... Yeah, it's definitely a separate <laughs> thing. Very, what? Separate. You know what, guys? If you want to learn more, mind the 250 episode. Call me by your name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I did. Subscribe. I did notice that while we were watching Grave of the Fireflies, a lot of fly imagery and maggots. Fly imagery. And maggots. So I think Grave of the Fireflies might also secretly be about AIDS. Okay, okay, okay. Just, just go to this theory. Okay, before fine. We do something. We're going to this theory before Darren does something stupid. The insp- stupid. The inspiration for this is the fact that. Um, there was an incident in the place where the uh, where the film was set, which is uh, known as the Sayama incident, which happened in May. And by the way, the two children involved in this, Satsuki means May in Japanese, and May is the Japanese pronunciation for May. But it was the death of two siblings, two young girls, um, in that prefecture in the 60s. Um, and basically, a lot of people have said, you know, this could be seen as an interpretation of that. The idea of the sandal being found floating in the, in the river and stuff like that. It the does fact look familiar, that, familiar to hers. But the fact that uh, May even is found at a shrine that's honouring yeah. spirits that watch over the dead. Oh. Like those spirits at that shrine near where she's under the power cables yeah. are ones that sort of like they protect the dead. Um, and they sort of they watch over them. Now, I, I don't think this is the case. And both like um, Maizaki and Ghibli itself, Ghibli has come out and issued wow. a statement, like, explaining that... Uh, Shut up. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Here's the statement from Ghibli. Everyone, please put your minds at ease. The rumours of Totoro being a death god, May being dead, and other rumours of the like are absolutely not true. Someone made them up because they sounded interesting to him or her, and it seems to have spread across the internet. In regards to comments that Satsuki and Mei don't have shadows in the final scene, it was merely decided that it wasn't necessary to draw when producing the animations. We hope that people will not believe the rumours, and the PR department would like to officially announce that here. Like, it's amazing that, I like... Will, I, I will say, I did notice their, 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 they did have, uh, their shadows are shown a lot in the film, Yeah, and then they are not seen in the They're middle. curiously oh, absent from the last one. But I mean, the, cre- the closing credits of the film, though, make a point to give them, like, a younger sibling. Like, sure. I feel like... And, that is what that kid is, isn't that, it? Yeah, it's oh, May's yeah. younger sibling. And then the fact that you have, like, the sequel, May and the Cat Bus, for example. Sure. We'll talk about the Cat Bus in a moment, because yeah. the Cat so, Bus feels like, it's, thing. It feels like it deserves its own conversation. David but... Fincher didn't do the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and revealed that, like... Yeah, like, you have the thing yeah. with the girls like facing with the boys. <laughs> I mean, revealed that, yeah, everyone died. Everyone died. Yeah, David Fincher's uh, May and the Cat Bus. But the idea is, yeah, May and the Cat Bus aired in the Ghibli Museum. In yeah. Tokyo. It's oh. it's only been shown there a couple of times. It also, the Ghibli Museum in Tokyo has its own replica cat bus that you can that. climb around inside. I don't know why I Is it furry? It's furry. It's built around the idea that children experience the word. And you can almost see that in the way that Maizaki animates, like uh, My, Neighbor, My Neighbor Totoro. Children experience the world tactily. So yeah. it's um, in terms of like feeling and texture and stuff like that. So for example, like when May lands on Totoro, you get a lot of her practically sinking into it. Or him, or when uh, the mini Totoros jump on Totoro, she immediately just goes ah, ah giant and latches te- herself on giant him. teddy bear and hold on to him. So like the the cat boss in the Ghibli Museum is designed 
in that sense. It's designed to be felt and to be walked around in and to be touched and to be rubbed and stuff, which is, is really so cool. Open up welcomingly. While smiling all the time. Where do you get those cat noises that are cats inside the bus? Can I just say one of my favourite things about the cat bus, despite the fact that it is like a magical, organic cat bus its door still Just only opens that. on one side yeah that <laughs> it's is like weird. you have to get out on the left <laughs> like and walk around rules of the road damn it rules of the road like you see it when may goes around you think oh wait it's gonna open up that side nope it opens up the other side so satsuki can get I, out the other side i like around. the logic that the cat bus is like it adheres to its own internal yeah, logic yeah. that is just strangely alien to us it's yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, except except in the uk in ireland it's on the other side old british territories it's on the other the side. side. Yeah. <laughs> Your cat bus is properly... Like uh, 12, it has 12 legs, and yet it only uses two of them, I say, when it's on those lines. Well, no, because it uses the other ones to balance. That's fairly... Uh, like, that's, that's understandable. Uh, as nice. we discovered in February, um, in Sweden, up until, what, 1967. Yeah, thank you. Cat buses used to... I thought Andrew is still on this tangent. on the left-hand side of the road. Andrew is still, <laughs> still curious about what side of the road cat buses drive on. I beg your pardon. Whatever, road that, whatever side they want. But it, it is. It, it's like a staggeringly beautiful piece of work. But yeah, I feel like there is a sense of that. Like, people are not accepting of films that are light and entertaining. Or we tend to dismiss films that are light and entertaining. I mean, you could That's argue... Yeah. You could argue that, like, the fact that Grave of the Fireflies, while it's less seen, is considered, like, so much higher on the list, is perhaps a testament to the fact that we... <clears throat> we, as a, as a culture, tend to look down on things like escapism and wonder, as opposed... And sort of, like, prefer or, or treat things as being more worthy if they're, they're violent or they're angry or they're about suffering. It's about pain and suffering and darkness make a work inherently better than it would be without them, perhaps. I also wonder if, like, this theory is a result of a lot of people watching Grave of the Fireflies and Totoro back-to-back and going, there's no way those kids made it out of Totoro alive. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's about teenagers. Yeah. This is the recurring motif of these two films. I feel like, you know, when they sat down, they said, okay, we're going to have, like, uh, teens moving to the country. We're going to have frog imagery. We're going to have uh, umbrellas. Oh, and by the way, the kids are going to be dead at the end of the movie. Make this work. Um, and my Zaki's... My Zaki's like, I think I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I think there definitely is a sort of common thing of, like, harrowing equals deep. Yeah. You know, and which is really strange to me because I think Totoro is a very deep movie. I think there's yeah. a huge amount of symbolism like throughout it. And also watching it as an adult, you do get all these undercurrents of like what must be going on in these kids' lives and the family's lives. You know, um, you know, what's the context in this like rural Japanese setting? I mean, there's so much to it that the idea that you then need to make up like a death theory to make yeah. it interesting or worthy of analysis seems a little bit. It's silly. very shallow. Is it, it's, their, is it their is it their fault that it got such traction? It's just a, it's. I mean, like it, maybe it was just their thought and it just got too. Popular. Oh no! I mean, but I mean, the like, fact that people sort of latched onto it as popular. The yeah, fact that like yeah. it wasn't enough for the film to be like people don't come up with crazy like Fight Club theories about how actually the characters are secretly well adjusted. Um, it's well, always like we take this happy yeah, thing. The darker we take this happy thing actually, and we make it darker. There are like, actually two people. Yeah, they're actually two separate people, um, and they both have counselling afterwards. Yeah. Um, the ending of the Sixth Sense is that Bruce Willis goes, "I'm not actually dead. That was just a prank to help you with your psychiatric care." Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, people tend to come up with crazy theories that make works darker as opposed yeah. to lighter. And like, it's, it's always, always like death as well. It's always a death, and it's generally with the death of a child uh, as well mm. to make yeah. it extra dark. Every, everybody thought that Captain Pancake was uh, <laughs> was a dead child. Uh, How long before we got back to Captain Pancake? Yeah. Sorry, um, I feel like minutes. I feel, do I feel like we got a good twenty minutes without Captain Pancake? But no, I, I, and I think there is something to that. And I think Totoro works so well. I would argue Totoro is a better film than Grave of the Fireflies. I would comfortably yeah. say that. I can comfortably say that. And as I, well. I, yeah. I think that it being lighter is not a knock on it I don't think it diminishes I don't think it being lighter is inherently better you, or worse do you I think just, that's the reason why it's lower I suspect it might be because I mean like if you look at the 250 list the higher up you go there's a lot of angst yeah. like, and I, I think yeah, Andrew right. pointed this out with like the, the teenager vote where it's like grr this has to be angsty it's like yeah. it's like, like I love stuff like Fight Club and Neon when I, when I, when I was like you know, also starring Ellie Fanning Neon Demon oh Neon Demon sorry ah Sorry. What's oh, um, Neon? Leon. Oh, Leon, excuse me. I said Neon. <laughs> 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 excuse me, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, Luke Besson made that movie darker himself with his yeah. international director's cut, which I sat down and watched with Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for Leon? Leon. even darker? Yeah. Oh, damn. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about that later. But yeah, what were you saying, Andrew? I, what was I saying? <laughs> But yeah, just like yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's, you, you were, you were, you were saying um, that I, that I'd spoken about this before, and I said yes, like for example, Fight Club and Leon. There were, there were movies that we probably enjoyed more in, in kind of like our teenage years. Not that they're bad now, but they don't have the same kind of appeal. And I, I, I guess the fact that this is a kids movie, um, but that it has that broad appeal for um adults and that i i i i tell um any adults i know i, I know a few um, <laughs> to, to 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 go out and see it i feel the only thing that would stop it is maybe a cultural misunderstanding might stop some people from enjoying it and they might what? confuse that well, with you know that with what... child 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 uh, sorry with um thinking it's a childhood well, I mean, there, one of the interesting things is when this was released in the States, there were a number of hiccups. Not as many hiccups as Grave of the Fireflies, but one of the hiccups was a scene in which the family bathed together. Because yeah. um, it was seen that that would be a very difficult cut to make, to sell to audiences. Yeah. Now, apparently, uh, my family that bathes together stays together. Well, also, it also does, it isn't the mother the... away from them at that point, Andrew? <sighs> Yeah, but they're That's all laughing. Bad. Oh, so it's okay. But there, apparently Maizaki had um, given up Final Cut on, on Nausicaa in order to get it made or released oh. overseas and had not been happy with the cuts that had been made. So there was a bit of tension back and forth where he got a lot of pressure to cut that one scene. Uh, yeah. Which is... And I think... Certainly from... from uh, all joking aside, from from a Western point of view, it's kind of weird, but from, from uh, a Japanese cultural point of view, it's uh, like... It's... Uh, like uh, uh, the 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 onsen is is a kind of a cultural institution yeah. where like what's it called and and an, an onsen okay oh, so if, it's if, called if, if i if i if i if if we well, forget that andrew's that right andrew's the only person here who's yeah, actually yeah, been yeah, to japan and, so i, I, I went to one stuff. of these kind of um like if you say i went to a public bathhouse <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in 
in in in in in Ireland, uh, it would it would sound like a like a different proposition. Yes, um, and it's like, like Eastern Promise, like uh, Vigo Mortensen and Eastern Promise. No, no, the I, I, the, the, I like I you seen that. I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm, Okay. No, uh, the, the, <laughs> we know what you're getting at. Right, right, right. The, but, but, um, yeah, it's so. So I went to like one of these places where you, you, they, they, they have it separated into into men and women, uh, but like entire families might kind of like go along. I, I, I guess as well. But you're in 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 an area and you're kind of like uh, bathing and you're not wearing any clothes. And and there there's like uh, a much greater uh, acceptance of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're just like it, um, it one as I say, one area is male, one area is female. There's nothing kind of like um, seedy or like taboo about it. I think maybe yeah, maybe that is a sort of a Western I mean, thing, a thing in anime. Like that, I've seen it in a ton of like anime cartoons. Like it's not that yeah, weird. just completely normal for parents to bathe with their kids. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not seen as strange. Like, I mean, I mean it, it even happens in Gra- it, it even it. happens in Game of the Game of the Fire Game of the Fireflies Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> as well that the siblings yeah, those two. the siblings bathe together although one suspects that was not the biggest issue getting that movie released in the states. Um, no. Yeah, I I wonder I wonder if like if if it's not even um, a uh, a thing that um, is necessarily a difference between Japan and here. I feel like maybe even in countries like ours, it would have been something that might have been more normal a, 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 a while ago. I think we look at things through the, the kind of prism of the the panic that developed in... in Victorian kind of, times. Well, uh, or more recently than that, the, the, the kind of... Um, oh, with regards to children. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that it's more uh, maybe a, a, a kind of a hot topic or sorry that's the wrong word but it, the, um, yeah that, that <laughs> it, it's more it, of a concern culturally yeah, yeah. for us at this moment yeah that that that, that we pre, pre preoccupy ourselves a lot with because of kind of um like kind of news stories in the 80s 90s and 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 onwards that that made us all kind of i mean right uh, justifiably yeah rightly worry about yeah. it but also think that it was a much more kind of um taboo it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it, what it, what it, what I'm kind of saying, but there, there's there's a fear fear about like um, and in 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 this movie, I suppose there's there's um, even uh, as aside from that scene, there's there's a lot of kind of letting your kids kind of go and play and yeah. like ex- explore the whereas in 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 our culture, we there's like a tendency for us to think of that as bad. You're parenting. constantly watching because yeah. because there's, there's bad things happen to kids when they're by themselves. Terrible people everywhere who are going to like do something terrible to your kid because you read something in a newspaper. But then, these things don't happen, of course. When the secret hideout was found, Andrew did uh, sorry, Darren did go. Oh, that's a uh, that's good parenting. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, that was when Andrew was making a note after the professor said this would be a great hideout. I was like, yep, yeah, great parenting. But no, I mean, there is like Mizaki's talked about how this is something he wants to encourage. He's really frustrated with modern with modern kids mm. who like watch, and he's he's actually disappointed with how much they watch his own films, which I'm sure that studios and distributors love about him. But he's also really disappointed with the fact that kids don't do their homework outside anymore. For example, like um, he's talked about how modern culture is thin and shallow and fake. And uh, in, in an interview with The New Yorker, he said, not entirely jokingly, that he looked forward to the time when Tokyo is submerged by the ocean and the NTV tower becomes an island when the human population plummets and there are no more high-rises. 
Um, such good a God. legend. <laughs> <laughs> such, such a positive, upbeat human being. But I'm he looking does... forward to his next film. But he ha- I, I, like part, part, part of me kind of like shares his like obviously it, it, the the um, the where you what what would have to happen to get to like a state <laughs> of anarcho primitivism is something that nobody wants. Nope. So you, you you don't want the the world to be reduced to a, a, like a population of like less. Uh, than than a, a million like, less than me I would like but me the, and my family to a, remain intact I, I, I would also like my you know shop yeah. my shop people my people <laughs> I work with and pay me people who provide my services I suppose like the uh, thought of like kind of returning to the land and like a simpler sort of a uh, a way of living like yeah, being connected you want to go off and find your own Totoro ants in the glass city <laughs> dragging a duffel bag through the forest I'm gonna tell you right now, hopelessly you can, lost there's, there's tons of Totoro's out there you can buy them in a lot of stores they're adorable but yeah I mean okay well, like, and it's very clear that Maizaki agrees with you to a certain extent and particularly See, about Rambo children as well had a Totoro <laughs> <laughs> but, but particularly what? about children because um, he said no matter no matter how we may think of ourselves as conscientious, it is true that images <laughs> such as anime stimulate only the visual and auditory sensations of children and deprive them of the world they go out to find, touch, and taste. And there is, like, a real sense of, like, the investment of texture in this world. Like, the, the finding of acorns, the picking of flowers, the hugging of Totoros. Like, there's a sense of, like, kids going out and getting dirty. There's a lot of emphasis on, like, the dirt on the feet of the children, the dirty knees, the sort of the crawling through these tiny hiding spaces and stuff. I, 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 I like as well the... <laughs> All right, Marianne. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just this image of Andrew in the middle of a forest, vape in one hand, chewing on an acorn, hopelessly lost. Just being like, where's Totoro? <laughs> Where is he? My cat bus was supposed to be here ten minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> As a Am I experiencing wonder? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, phone is at home with lots of missed calls from work. Just like rubbing your face against some moss. <laughs> what do I need to do? Hugging Sorry, a tree. It's an overwhelming image. Yeah. Um, but and I, the listeners have it as well. But uh, I think picking up on your point though is that like and Miyazaki's point is that this world maybe doesn't actually exist anymore. Yeah. It doesn't exist for adults and increasingly it has stopped existing for children yeah. because you've got more urban sprawl, you've got more overprotective parents, more of a sense that the world is a very dangerous place. Yeah. Whereas in Totoro, the world is overwhelmingly benevolent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the, even the strangers like all go out and search for May, for example. Like even the farmer is, you know, he's, he's not like, buzz off kid, I'm doing farm stuff. It's like, I would have noticed an adorable little kid being lost here. I, you get a sense like the worst adults in the film are the two guys who are driving, the, the, the guy and the girl who are driving the bike from the hospital yeah. who don't offer her a lift back. And even they are fairly concerned about it. It's like, yeah, there's a hope you find her. I know, I know it's terribly cliche, but I kind of like kind of growing up being kind of like a grazed knee sort of like Mm. child. And there's even like a point in this movie where she falls and she's, and it's like, oh, you didn't cry. That's great. Like, yeah. And and there, like it, it, it reminds me of, um, I was in Wicklow. And there is this kind of um, cafe where they like do seafood and that sort of thing. There's a um, there's a seal 
that would oh yeah Sammy yes Sammy and Wicklow <laughs> which would kind of jump up like on the footpath next to this cafe this like big bloody seal and and there was a, a child with um a like a young child with 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 his family like his mother and father and his father was like oh look there's a seal child was on his iPad, did I not go out oh, and watch the seal at any point. angry this Wasn't makes Andrew. Wasn't excited about the seal. You I was excited about the seal. You can't see this, but Andrew is gritting his teeth as he says this. But there was something like, I, I mean, I don't, look, there, I am, there's a certain amount to which like, okay, you like iPads, I like seals, that's fine. <laughs> but I feel like, like well, there's a sense exclusive. in which uh, some children maybe might miss out on certain things. I, uh, I'm going to be honest. You might I, have taken for granted. I appreciate the romance of this belief but it will surprise absolutely no one to be like I am firmly in the iPads and society camp of this um, I'm quite fond of it I think that like we do we are overprotective of children it would be great like children should be able to go out and play more but I also I understand the convenience of modern living and I like while I understand the nostalgia and yearning for that natural connection I'm sometimes a little wary of it because I, you know, where it occasionally leads and stuff. I think here it's beautiful. I think here it's fantastic. But I am sort of wary of like, because that's the logic that gets you, you know, anti-vaccination stuff. And like, why can't my kids not be vaccinated and all this? That's taking to its illogical conclusion. Yeah, Yeah, because I think like one of the reasons I love Ghibli in general and one of the sort of nostalgia hits it regularly gives me is of being a child and yeah. just like those long summers where you and your bike were kicked out of the house in the morning yeah. and it was like come back for dinner you know and you just and like I mean I grew up in a relatively small town in the west of Ireland like we would rain like I mean the only rule was like don't go out on the main road but we had like miles and miles of like oh, yeah. estates and back lanes and fields that and your parents would have no idea where you were like no. my mother would call around the other houses in the estate to be like, <laughs> are they there? Because we didn't have phones. Yeah. And there was a sort of a magic about that time, like coming home as the streetlights were coming on and the sense of like the world is endless and open. That's and actually literally a shot in the film, the streetlights yeah, coming exactly. on. I think it captures like, that very well. And there's always potential for adventure, which is obviously something we all lose as adults. Mm. Um, Except but... for Andrew in the forest <laughs> with his vapor in one hand. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I derailed Marianne by bringing the image back. It's a great image. <laughs> but find my own leaves and dry them <laughs> and, and vape them. But yeah, it's just a thing that I'm like, I haven't spoken to any children recently, so I'm not sure what they're up to. But I would hope it's a thing that children still get to experience. And it would make me sad to think that that's something they're losing mm. at a younger age, maybe, yeah. these days. And ch- 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 children are more afraid of adults. Adults are more afraid of children. Yeah. Uh, well, children yeah. are terrifying, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I've, I've even being alone or interacting with children as an adult is now an absolutely terrifying oh, concept. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, like, there's, there's a story about, like, you know, finding a crying child in a lift. Like, what does an adult do in this day and age? Like, do you pick the child up and take it with you? Do you try yeah. and find somebody? Like, there's this tension that exists, this anxiety that exists in society where we are constantly wary of the threats that we perceive to exist against children, despite the fact that, like, most child abuse is committed by somebody who knows the child or whatever. Yeah, like, stranger yeah. danger is, is not actually a thing. And, like, you know, the and I, I realize that this is no, like, assurance or reassurance to anybody who's been in a horrific situation 
with a child or lost a child or, or had that sort of like suffering firsthand. But statistically, the, the odds of that sort of thing happening are incredibly remote. Yeah. The world is not as dangerous as we've been conditioned to believe that it is through news, through, you know, 24-hour news feeds, through newspapers, yeah. you know, through the internet spreading these things, through Amber Alerts and through all that sort I mean, of stuff. I mean, it's pervasive as well. I, I used to do door-to-door sales and, and like, uh, if like you, you, you would talk to people and I talked to children the same, the same, the same way. Like if they would be kicking around the ball am i kicking around with them for like a couple of minutes but like some of the people that i work with was like oh don't do that that's like um it would, it would be a serious kind of like a look askance yeah or, or like even so far as to say what are you doing playing with a, playing yeah. with a kid yeah. Like, yeah basically like saying you pedo yeah which is w- weird it is. Yeah. It's very weird. Like, I mean, I live in an estate with a bunch of children around yeah. and stuff like that, and I'm always we wary of how I interact with them, which is right. which is sad and unfortunate, you know? Uh, but anyway, so on that delightful note, I like that How did we make this dark, guys? <laughs> I like that we, we've sort of come up with our own maze. Because we still theory. have to taste like, a grave. Yeah. Because um, I feel like, yeah, Grave of the Fireflies wasn't dark enough. Somehow, Totoro has become yeah. the darker podcast, it's which is somehow a down from this drug. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, is there anything else that anybody else wants to talk about when it comes to Totoro? Like, is there anything else we haven't talked about that sort of dra- that grabbed anybody, any of the imagery, even Totoro marching, you know, with his yeah. little, uh, yeah, with his little leaf oh, hat. so funny. I love the feeling. You know? It's... No, it is. It's a fantastically it's a wonderful joyful film. And it's amazing how little actually happens in the context of the film. Like, yeah. for 80... It's, what, 86 minutes? Yeah. And very little happens in terms of story. It's just mood. And but it's it's but amazing. it's very rich. Like, yeah. I, th- I think Marianne said it earlier. The, the, there's, there's, there's a lot kind of, like, going on ben- beneath this movie. I felt like Grave of the Fireflies... While 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 quite dark, wasn't wasn't so kind of profound in terms of richness. Yeah. yeah, like it was a very kind of like simple story. There's a lot of there's a lot of like um, kind of um, suggestion in this movie of of like all all of the the, the um, so many things like the the about about childhood and about the interaction of the old and the new and of man of and nature man and nature exactly and and our our, our kind of. Um, the spiritual world and all of this kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, it, it, it was it was it was it was a real delight to 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 um, and it 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 wasn't uh, it wasn't frivolous or or, yeah. or well, throw away yeah, yeah like yeah. despite the fact that we talk about how joyful it was yeah. well, with that in mind then um we will bid you uh, farewell thank you very much for doing this guys i know that you've been listening over two weeks uh marianne and graham have given a whole saturday to do this as well so thank you very much guys we really really appreciate this it. it great You're welcome <laughs> um did, was it worthwhile was was watching of course oh, yeah great. when is when is watching ghibli never not great wait did i do that right yeah um, did i do that right it is late, um, so, <laughs> but uh, all right. Th- but thank you very much. Where can we find you online, Graham? Uh, you can find me on scanon.com, uh, movies.ie, uh, gameair.ie, uh, on Twitter, Graham Geek Era. If you're interested in some of my musings on anything, and I have a podcast myself, Speaking Geek, of which I'll probably have these guys on very soon, speaking about whatever we want. And that I is... like the way you make it sound like a punk rock thing. We're going to talk about whatever we want, and you're going to and, listen to it. Um, yeah. And that's uh, it for me. Yeah, um, you can you can listen. To, uh, myself, and my friend Darren Mooney do a <laughs> podcast 
Call it the 250. Um, if, if you're interested in more anime stuff, we have an, an annual um, uh, Anime April um, episode that um, you, can, you can download now. You can uh, listen to last week's episode. Uh, and this week's episode. And this week's episode. You, you, can, you can tune in next year. We'll <laughs> be covering um, uh, movies to be announced. Uh, so, well, uh, movies to be figured out, I think, is the bigger have issue Have you guys there. seen Spirited Away? Um, I have. I mean, uh, Spirit oh, so Away was huge. What like, about Spir- House Moving Castle? Is that on the 250? Uh, it is indeed. I haven't seen that. Uh, yes, now that's okay. one to we see. We have plenty of time to talk about this, because I would be half tempted to go back and do Castle in the Sky and I Nausicaa. Uh, uh, but I know, that, I know that Marianne has strong uh, feelings about these. But it would be good. But that's good to, to do still. Even if she has... Dissenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Marion, I'm not sure if you were looking Dissenter, forward presenter. to seeing Grave of the Fireflies again. No, I away, wasn't. You, you, yeah, you yeah. came away you... with a with a much more, as I suppose, a better appreciation for it. I mean, maybe I can take Darren's role of being the heartless, the heartless person, being joyless and sad. Thank you. This is a burden. Yeah, I me. feel like Darren, we've just forced you into this role, and it's not true. Yeah, I, I, I saw you enjoy several parts of Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> I like that several. We won't say how many, but at least two. Um, at least two. At least two. Um, but and no. I have said to the listeners, like to, to a peek beyond the curtain, there is a dose. <laughs> um, big sensitive soul that I am. I'm basically yeah, yeah. a Totoro. Um, yeah. But uh, no. this all jump on. <laughs> I feel like you have all been jumping on me. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, Marianne, if people want, and I've, I've heard that apparently saying if people want a little more Marianne in their life is kind of creepy. So if people want to get more Marianne on their internet service Not provider. I started from yeah, the premise and I If you would like to find me on Twitter or on any other social yes. medias, I am at Tiny Orc. That's a funny name. Every time. And for listeners, it's been a whole week. For Graham, it's been about three hours. Three hours. Um, but yeah, you can also find me online at Darren underscore Mooney. As as uh, Andrew pointed out, we do host a podcast which you are currently listening to <laughs> through the wonders of modern technology. Yeah. Uh, the two fifty. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes wherever good podcasts are sold. Uh, at us at the two fifty using real letters. If you like it, tell everyone. If you don't like it, tell us. So please feel free to share, leave a good review, spread the word. We'll be back next week with a regular scheduled podcast but we do hope to have both Marianne and Graham back on possibly sometime before next Anime April well I, I need to keep up my you know being the number number one contributor to this I don't want to be able to take this from me I want to take oh, everything from contract them. negotiations are going to be tough for the next season of the 250 Graham's laying out his stall early I'm, gonna put, I'm placing down my flag I'm going to be your number one guest well I mean um, hopefully obviously if uh, the adventures of Princess uh, Kayagu uh, comes on, which there's a very good chance. <laughs> I, I, I can always I'm tell. Sorry. I can always tell how well I landed a pronunciation by Marianne's reaction to it. It's occasionally an approving nod. Sometimes it's a wry smirk, you know, and occasionally it's outright laughter. Darren, it's always just a like, a like, good job, man. You're doing far better it, than a, I can ever manage. It's a Princess Kaguya. Princess what? Kaguya. Ka- Kaguya. 
Kaguya, Princess Kaguya. Yeah, Ka- K-A-G-U-Y. Uh, I know how to spell it. That's no, why I'm difficulty pronouncing it. Guys, it's oh. Anime April. Anime April. It is the season of the year. But yeah, hopefully if that comes in with this just in, we'll hopefully have both of you back. And I mean, any other occasion as well. So take it easy, guys. Can uh, I outro oh, oh. with the Totoro noise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Totoro. Why does it sound, does it sound like The Exorcist? Because <laughs> that's how Frank Welker does it. Totoro. 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 Your mother Totoro's in hell. Oh, God. Bye. Bye. <laughs>